Paul went to the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when many were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overcame them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the Word of God and prevailed. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our study in the book of Acts resumes in chapter 19, where Dr. Mitchell marks off three sections, beginning first in verses 8 through 12, the gospel's power. And here Paul speaks out in the synagogue in Ephesus for three months, but there was opposition to the message, so Paul wisely gathered those who believed and took them to a school where he reasoned with them for two years. Well, the second section, verses 13 through 16, is the gospel's opposition. Now seven sons of a high priest tried to imitate the power of the gospel by casting out a demon, but since they did not know the Lord or his power, the demon overpowered them. In verses 17 through 20 is the third section where the gospel produces fruit. The word of the Lord produced cleansing in all who believed, and it continued to grow. We are in Acts chapter 19, verses 8 through 20 with Dr. Mitchell on the Unchanging Word Bible broadcast. Good day, friends. Again, it is our joy and delight to come to you. And we're studying together the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 19. Well, the Apostle Paul went on to Ephesus and proclaimed the gospel. 
I sincerely hope, before we take this up, may I say, I sincerely hope that every one of you are reading and rereading the text of the book of Acts. I'm very sure I'm speaking the truth when I say this. This book of Acts has been greatly, greatly misunderstood. And it's unless the people of God get their minds filled with the text of the book of Acts and see the moving of the Spirit of God through the book. Uh, if, unless we do that, we become, we become, shall I say, torn one way or another. Uncertainty or the lack of assurance. Some things seem to be contradictory. Now, as you know, that isn't so. Just a question of our knowledge, our capacity to receive the truth. Now, I'm greatly burdened these days that God's people know something of the Word of God so that they can stand on their own feet. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but as I read my Bible and I see what's happening today, not only in our blessed land but throughout the world, I'm, I'm convinced in my own mind that the coming of the Lord is very near. I speak of his coming for his own people. I see disintegration. I see apostasy. I see moral corruption. I see a permissive society. I wonder what sometimes our forefathers 200 years ago would have thought if they should see our society today. I'm sure many of them would fall on their face in intercession before God to save us from a coming judgment. For my friend, just as sure as I'm talking to you, just as sure as I'm talking to you, the time comes when the cup of iniquity is filled full. And if you start from Genesis and read right through your Bible, you will notice that whenever the cup of iniquity is filled full, the judgment of God falls. Just for example, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, when Paul talks about these very Jews who opposed him in the gospel, he says they persecute us. They forbid us to speak to the Gentiles. Uh, they, they crucify the Lord Jesus. And they fill up their cup. Then the wrath of God is come upon them to the uttermost. And in a very few years after Paul made that statement, the Jews were scattered over the face of the earth. The 29th chapter of Deuteronomy was fulfilled, 28th and 29th, where Jews were sold on the slave markets of Alexandria, Egypt, in the first two centuries. And they were so cheap, nobody would buy them. That's exactly what Moses prophesied 1,500 years B.C., that the time would come They'd go back to Egypt as bond slaves. And they'd be so cheap, nobody would buy them. That was fulfilled in the first two centuries. Now the cup of iniquity, not Israel, but the cup of iniquity, the Gentiles, is filling full very, very, very fast. Oh, how we need Christians. We Christians need to be on our faces before God for our country, for our land, for the Church of Christ in America. How we need to be burdened that God will give us men in high places who will, be, who will stand for the things of Christ and bring this nation back to God. If it's not brought back to God, and if the word of God is not given its place, then we're going to come under the judgment of God. My friend, two plus two make four every time. God is holy. God is righteous. God is just. As well today, he's full of grace and truth. And today he is still pleading with individuals. He's still pleading with folk like you and me. Like people in sin. 
pleading with them to accept his son and be saved, become members of the church of Christ, become joined to him, become his children before he pours out his wrath. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 says he's going to come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, who obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second chapter is going to come because they believe not the truth and because they love not the truth. Now let's get back to Ephesians, uh, pardon me, to Acts chapter 19. Paul is down at Ephesus, and here we see from verses 8 to 12 the power of the gospel, the gospel and its power. Let me read it. And Paul went to the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. You remember in chapter, in chapter 17, verses 2 and 3, we gave you Paul's method. He proved and alleged from the scriptures that the Messiah, the Christ, must first suffer, be raised again from the dead, and that this Jesus is the Christ. I think Paul used the same pattern here. He disputed with them, persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when many were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in a school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Gentiles. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now let me just stop here. I speak here of the gospel and its power. Now you had, first of all, the giving of the spirit, then you have the special miracles and his power over demons. Now you might, you might, may I say that Paul was absolutely filled with the word of God. And being possessed by the word of God in verse 8, he was bold to speak. And he persuaded for three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Uh, I like the way Paul, he just couldn't keep still. He was so full of the message of the gospel, of the word of God. But what was, the, what was the, the result in verses 9 and 10? There were a great many of these Jews became hardened, and they believed not. And they began to speak evil of the way before the multitude. And so Paul left him and took the believers with him to a school of one Tyrannus, and he stayed there for two years. May I just say the cause, the cause of the opposition here was because of continued rejection of the word of God. In the book of Hebrews chapter 3, the apostle who ever wrote Hebrews made the statement that unbelief was the product of an evil heart. And that unbelief persisted in produces hardness. Can I repeat that? I'm quoting from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. Unbelief is the product of an evil heart. And unbelief persisted in leads to hardness. That's in Hebrews chapter 3, about verses 12 and 13. Take heed, brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily, as it is said, today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness 
of sin. And of course, unbelief is the base for sin. So I repeat the statement, unbelief is the product of an evil heart. And unbelief persisted in leads to hardness. For three months, Paul was pleading with these Jews in the synagogue at Ephesus. There was evidence of the power of God being manifested in those who believed. But these Jews, they turned on Paul, so he took the believers out of the synagogue and brought them into the house or the school of one Tyrannus. And for two years, he was in this school, and everybody that dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Gentiles. Out from Ephesus, there came a, a tremendous move of the Spirit of God. Now notice he was two years teaching the word of God in a school, a school building. And the result, all in Asia heard the word of God. I think it's where Epaphras, if you read the book of Colossae, remember Epaphras, I believe, heard Paul at Ephesus and went back to Colossae and became the evangelist of the gospel at Colossae, Hierapolis across the river, and then Colossae, and then, uh, pardon me, and then Laodicea. Now, these three cities were together, Hierapolis, Laodicea, and Colossae. And I think this man, Epaphras, having heard the gospel, went over there and preached the word. And when Paul wrote to the Colossian church, you remember, he spoke of these things. Now, when you come back to it, here came a center, I remember the main center was Antioch, not Jerusalem, Antioch. But out from, off, out from Ephesus, there was a tremendous move of the Spirit of God where believers were taught the Scriptures. And the more taught Paul the Word of God, the more that Paul taught them the Word of God, the more they went out. And the result was, like Paul, they couldn't keep it down. They had to give out the Word of God wherever they went. So that I read that all in Asia heard the word of the Lord. And then the next thing is in verse 11 and 12. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, these were special, unusual miracles. I'm sorry to say this, and I'm going to say it, however, there are men today, some on the radio, some in churches, some traveling, who take these verses and try to imitate what Paul did. I know I've got literature that comes across my desk, and I tell you, sometimes I have to ask the Lord to deal with them because I see the wreckage of it. I've seen the wreckage of this. I've seen whole lives wrecked because of some statement by preachers and teachers with respect to this fact. And they take this passage, and God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, and they took aprons or handkerchiefs off his body, and, and they put them on the sick people, and they were healed. Where in the world do you find in the Bible you're taught to do that? This was a special thing. Where? At Ephesus. Where? Where the power of God was, was evident. Why? Ephesus was a city full of demonology. Ephesus was a place where it was full of curious arts and necromancy and demon possession. They believed in signs and wonders which were done by exorcists and so on, as you're going to see later on. But Mark, the reason for this special, shall I say, is verse 17. And fear 
fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. In verse 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Where? At Ephesus. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I just want to say that as a word of warning. My friend, you be careful of anything that will detract you from the person of Christ. Don't be led astray by so-called miraculous things. And oftentimes the statements cannot be vindicated. And can it, uh, many are not true. You stay in the word of God and be occupied with the person of Christ. And as far as you can, under the spirit of God, you exalt the person of Christ that others might be saved. I just suggest this. I've seen so much damage done to the faith of young believers because of these things. Now they have the, the, the gospel and its opposition. Verses 13 to 16. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overcame them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. May them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together, burned them before all men. They counted the price of them and found to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Now let me first of all take up this question, the gospel and its opposition. Remember Paul writing to the Ephesian church later on could say in chapter 6, verse 10, that as soldiers of Jesus Christ, we are to put on the whole armor of God. And we are to stand, having our loins girt about with truth, and put on the helmet of salvation, and the breastplate of righteousness, and your loins girt about with truth, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take the shield of faith, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and then your resources, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance for all saints. Why? Why? Because the time is going to come and people will not endure sound doctrine. They're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. The last days are going to be apostasy. Men shall give heed to seducing spirits and to the doctrines of demons. And I'm telling you, we Christians need to be established in the word of God and stand. And remember, the only aggressive weapon you have is the word of God. And he wrote to this church, you knew something of this, for there the word of God grew and prevailed. Now, notice the second opposition was by religious leaders. You have the Jews at the beginning of the chapter, now we have uh, Jewish leaders. These were sons of a priest, Jewish priest. And, and they were given over to evil spirits. They were demon-possessed. And they came, and they were exorcists, as I said a while ago. 
and they had evil spirits, and they commanded the evil spirits to come out of the ones who had them. And they said this, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Notice what they said. They're trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus whom Paul preacheth. They didn't know Jesus. They weren't trusting Jesus. These were vagabond Jews. Exorcists, if you please. And the evil spirit said to them, just a minute, Jesus I know, Paul I know. Who are you? You see, here were Jews who were trying to make merchandise of the things of God. They were trying to make merchandise of the name of Jesus. You know, our Lord spoke of that in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, in that day, the day when the Lord comes to judge, in that day many shall say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not preached in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done wonderful miracles, wonderful works in your name? And he will say, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never, never knew you. See, friends, supernatural works doesn't necessarily mean that they're from God. Here is Paul healing people, miraculous healings. Along come these Jews to make merchandise of what was taking place. And the judgment of God fell upon them. Again, may I point out, as I've said before in preceding lessons, there is no doubt, no question in the minds of demons who Jesus is. Listen to what they said. Paul I know. Jesus I know. Who are you? Who are you? And the judgment of God fell upon them. I tell you, you just can't, you just can't uh, play fast and loose with the things of Christ and the things of God. No, no, oh no. There's no question. Now I'm repeating the statement I've made a number of times. There's no question in hell who Jesus is. There's no question in heaven who Jesus is. The only place that I know of in the universe where there is any question mark about Jesus Christ is in the hearts and minds of men and women on earth, in the human race. This is a tragedy. The only place in God's universe. When I think of the thousands of galaxies in the heavens and this little wee speck in God's universe where there's a human family, the only place where there's any question mark about Jesus. That's why the demon said, we know Paul, we know Jesus. Who are you? Who are you? They came under the judgment of God. Now starting in verse 17 and running through 20, I'll just say a word about that. Many believed, the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and these folk took all their books of magic and everything else. And what did they do? They burned them before all men. They burned them up. They just burned them up. They were consistent in their testimony. They didn't sell their books. They didn't have a, they didn't have a, a rummage sale. You know, they didn't have a rummage sale and sell their books uh, just to get some money for the church. They burned them up. What were the books? Not worth fitting. I remember one time my dad said to me, see what I bought today. I said, well, what a dad? My dad at that time was not a Christian. And I came in, he were a bunch of books. When I saw them, I said, how much pay for them, dad? So much. I'll, I'll give you the money for them. What are you going to do with them? Burn them. Burn them. Well, I said, we can sell them. No, burn them. I don't want the things promulgated 
what's in those books. No, they, they burned everything, and they counted the price 15,000 pieces of silver. I tell you, my friend, it cost the Christians in that day to stand for Christ. Doesn't matter what the cost is to you, will you stand for the Savior in these days? And may the Lord bless you today as you seek to stand for the Savior. And I'll tell you, he's worth standing for. And may the word of God prevail and grow in your own heart and life these days for his name's sake. Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Radio Bible Study today. Write to us with your comments and your prayer requests to the Unchanging Word, P.O. Box 398, Dallas, Oregon 97338. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Radio Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.